You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow us at Locked On Bulls. You can follow my co-host, Big Dave Watson, at Bow B-A-W-L Sports. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our many Locked On chat rooms. Greenroom changing the way that we talk sports. All right, y'all. So um, while I am waiting for my buddy Big Dave to join me to record a jam-packed mailbag episode a little bit later on today that will be out tomorrow, I figured I'd hop on because we have a lot in our inbox. I wanted to get to a couple interesting questions that I saw in there and then also touch on uh, the hilarity involving one Dennis Schroeder um, and what kind of money he's looking for and how that may or may not equate to the Bulls' search for point guard this offseason. So that's all ahead on this Locked On Bulls. First, though, right before I jumped on here, great news that just came across my Twitter feed. Woj reporting no structural damage to Giannis Antetokounmpo's left knee after his awkward landing last night in Atlanta. Ligaments are sound. Timetable to return is unclear. So, obviously, that was uh, a pretty tough moment to watch. I was watching the game last night, and just like everybody else watching, you saw that awkward landing. You saw his knee bend uh, what looked like bending in the wrong way, and you just thought, no, not Giannis, especially when he was down on the court for some time after the fall uh, and then hobbling to the locker room. Everybody was immediately fearing the worst because it would just be the next name in a long line of all-star caliber players who have at some point towards the back end of this regular season and into these playoffs gone down with an injury. And it is a pretty sad list when you think about it. Um, the Bucks and Giannis, the Hawks with Trey Young, who did come back um, or, or is uh, likely to come back for game five. He did sit out game four. Clippers still dealing without Kawhi. The Suns were without Chris Paul for a long time. Jazz without Mike Connolly. Lakers without Anthony Davis, Nuggets without Jamal Murray. I mean, there's injuries everywhere you look. Um, and then if you want to talk about some other names from the season or earlier on in the postseason, James Harden, Ky, you know, Kyrie, I think I already mentioned, Jalen Brown with the wrist towards the back end of the season for the Celtics. Um, it's just a an awful long list of names. Um, so the good news here is that we hope – no structural damage means that Giannis can come back and play because when he returned from the locker room, middle of that game last night, while he went to the locker room, the Hawks went on a tear. Bogdanovich like, was drilling threes left and right, um, and, and the, you, you thought the route's on. No, no point in Budenholzer throwing uh, Giannis back into this game if it seems like this game is out of hand already. So, like to me, that was... Okay, you take the loss, you're still 2-2. Um, you're still 2-2 going back to Milwaukee. That's not the worst-case scenario if Giannis can play in Game 5 and beyond. But the fact that now this, this Easter Conference Finals, we're dealing with a Giannis injury, we're dealing with a Cray Young injury, 
out west. We're dealing with a hobbled Chris Paul, no Kawhi. Um, it, it really is unfortunate, but it's kind of not surprising that we've gotten to this point. Some of these are freak injuries, yes. But some of them, um, as Mark Stein pointed out in a tweet last night after Giannis went down, are soft tissue injuries, including Anthony Davis, Harden, Kawhi, Embiid, there's another one that I forgot to mention, and Mike Conley. So those are the ones where you think wear and tear could be the issue at the core of a soft tissue injury like that. Uh, whereas it's not, oh, I you know I landed on somebody else's foot and I, and I twisted my ankle or I came down awkwardly going up for a jump ball or whatever it is. So some of them are freak injuries that just happen. It's part of basketball. It's part of that physical sport that basketball is. But some of it you have to wonder about the timeline that the NBA has forced its way through over the last 18 months or so. They pulled the bubble off without a hitch. Good for them for doing so. But when NBA players were starting to be asked about, hey, well, we're, we're looking at maybe like a Christmas Day opening day tip-off or maybe even a few days before that, all the NBA players were like, what? No, that's way too soon. That's crazy. We Some of the, us who went deepest into the bubble playoffs have barely had a moment to take a breath. And now you're thinking about the fact that we're basically going to be right where we were again because the NBA is now, as it stands, planning to you know, rewind the start of its season back to the normal NBA calendar. Meaning, right after the Olympics are over, here comes training camp in September, and we're going to tip off the NBA 21-22 season in October. I, I mean, the players agreed to this. The Players Association, and yes, they were pushed by the league, and yes, it was a matter of money for all people on both sides. The league, uh, the owners, and the Players Association saying, here's the money that we could salvage if we do the season this way. 72 games, compact schedule, playoffs are going to be brutal. We're going to be playing every other day throughout the playoffs because we got to finish before the Olympics. Everybody agreed to this. And I think as NBA fans, we are all happy that they did because we wanted our hoops. And I absolutely am guilty of that. I, you know, I am not standing on some pedestal preaching. I wanted my hoops, and I'm glad that we got a 72-game regular season, and these playoffs, despite the injuries, have been really entertaining. But when yet another star player goes down, it reminds you each time, is this the cost? Is this the cost of doing this season that the way to maximize the number of games, to have a full playoff schedule, including once again doing the play-in at the, you know, between the regular season at the beginning of the playoffs. It's a lot. And so now the question becomes the NBA players grinded through this season that probably was not any fun for them with all of the COVID restrictions, health and safety protocol restrictions. You're not allowed to go out and have any fun on your road trips. You're not allowed to do anything. You're not allowed to go anywhere. You're getting tested all the time every day. It was a grind of a season for these players, and now they are facing a reality of, okay, whoever gets to the finals, you're going to be playing until July. And then some of those players, like you know Devin Booker and a few others that are still in it, might then head straight to Tokyo to play in the Olympics, come back matter of a, a few days, maybe a week or so, before you got to report to your team's training camp. That basically is having zero offseason. Again, that's not just some who are going to play deeper to the playoff in the Olympics. 
Olympics and those participating in the Olympics chose to do so. It's still just when you think about the injury, a really, a really sticky situation where you hope that what happened to this season with all of our players getting injured doesn't compound upon itself season again going into 21-22. Because as as fun and as as exciting as these playoffs have been, and as much as I have enjoyed the fact that there are some kind of surprise teams, like we might get an Atlanta-Phoenix NBA Finals. Nobody saw that coming, and personally, I would love to see it. It would be new. It would be different. But every once in a while, and unfortunately too often in in this playoff run, you just get one of those, oh, not another. Injuries are the worst, man. They're just the worst. So let's put the let's put the sad stuff behind us and move on to more interesting things, including a couple of fun questions from our mailbag. 331-979-137 is that number. Real quick, uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, today's episode is brought to you by Green Room from Spotify. The first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app's free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NBA. You'll find fans just like yourself on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can find locked-on hosts across all of the NBA, MLB, and NHL. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on iOS devices, and there is a beta version available for Android users. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join whichever groups that you want to be joined uh, joined in for the latest league updates. You'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Can't wait to join you on it again soon. We are pausing our Green Room shows for now because... <laughs> I'm an Android guy. Jordan was hosting on his uh, on his iOS device. I can't host on my Android device because it's just the beta version right now. But as soon as that is a possibility for us again, me and Big Dave will go back to doing some Green Room episodes for all of you guys and with all of you guys. We'll be sure to let you know when that happens. So download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way that we talk sports. All right, guys, so as I said, uh, I'm going to be doing another episode with Big Dave later today that we will post for tomorrow uh, with a lot of great voicemails uh, that you guys left us and some text messages uh, with some interesting topics. There are a few other ones, though, that I wanted to get to um, just so we can get to as many of them as possible. We really appreciate how active you guys are with throwing us stuff um, in our text and voicemail line. And as a reminder, you can also shoot us an email, um, as our first commenter uh, did, LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. This email is from Daniel in Israel. Hey, guys. uh, Great playoffs this season. Totally unpredictable. I want to hear your opinion and wishes on former Bulls that are still in the playoffs. Who do you think will have a ring, and who do you want to win, regardless of which team they're on? I would like Bobby to win it because I liked him when he was on the Bulls. Great guy. Um or or campaign for the bumpy road he had. I know that we as Bulls fans hated on him, but it wasn't his fault for being traded. I do believe the Bucks have a good chance to take it all. Rondo, nah. Done, nah. What's your opinion? Uh, and again, that is Daniel from Israel. Thanks for checking in, Daniel. Good question. So that's the crazy thing about the final we have now. Bucks, Hawks, Clippers, Suns. A former Bull. Regardless of which of those four teams, a former Bull is about to win an NBA title. 
Let's go through them. So in the East, Milwaukee, you got our man, Bobby Porter, who Daniel said he's pulling for. Atlanta, Chris Dunn, and who could forget, Snelly Cat, Tony Snell. And then out in the West, you've got Yes Campaign, but also my guy, Etwan Moore for the Phoenix Suns. And one year only, one of the three alphas, who could forget him? Mr. Rajad Rondo of the LA Clippers. One of those dudes is about to win an NBA championship. So as for me personally, who would I like to see win a title among that group of people? I think I agree with Daniel and that I would love to see Bobby Portis win himself a chip. He has been um, obviously great to us. If you guys have been longtime listeners of Locked On Bulls, you know that uh, he agreed to do a public appearance um, and, and do a bowling event with me and Jordan a couple years back when, when Jordan challenged him to a bowling um, competition. Bobby uh, wiped the floor with Jordan. I'm sorry to call him out on it, but it's true. Bobby bowled a 265 in one of the games that they played together. Um, and, and then, you know, Bobby was gracious to sit down and chat with us and let him interview us, uh, let us interview him one-on-one at the event. And uh, just the nicest guy was upset uh, that he and the Bulls couldn't come to an and uh, you know he's been kind of an NBA journeyman since his departure. Had you know some time with the Knicks that that didn't go great, but seems like he's found himself a quality, you know, reserve role here with the Milwaukee Bucks. It's been interesting to see Budenholzer use him at times and then not use him at times. And and you know Budenholzer, there's all kinds of questions about that dude and, and his coaching decisions. And obviously, we've seen Bobby at times struggle on the defensive end, as we did when he was here with the Bulls, especially when you're asking him to play the five position, um, you know, and, and guard, you know, dominant bigs uh, from your opponent. But he's all—he's also doing the things that we loved him for in Chicago, making hustle plays on the offensive end, crashing the glass, making hustle plays all over the floor, knocking down big threes at opportune times, shooting the ball confidently, scoring in the post, Bobby's doing all of those things for the Bucks when they when they go to him, and, and I'm happy for him. And uh, you can just tell from that dude's character, um, and it's not just about what he posts on Twitter and Instagram, but, I mean, he is a grinder. That dude works hard and embraces the role of being an underdog, embraces the role of being an, an NBA journeyman at this point, a, a team player, a role player at this point, and... I have not one bad word to say about Bobby Portis. So I would love to see him succeed and win a chip. As far as the other Eastern Conference team, look, Tony Snell, no denying that he was a disappointment as a Bulls draft pick. Um, the, the first thing I always think of, though, with Tony Snell is not his stat line after he left Chicago and he had, what, 22 minutes and put zeros across the entire stat line. I mean, that's hard to do. No, it was... When the Bulls of yesteryear uh, were making a run, I can't remember who their opponent was. I want to say maybe Toronto, but the Bulls were making a big run. Joe Keem had just made a big play on the other end of the court. Um, their opponents had called timeout, and Joe Keem's running back to the Bulls bench, and he and he squares up and makes eye contact with Tony Snell, who's on the bench, and is gearing up to do a big, you know, jump, you know, body slam kind of like teammate celebration, and Tony Snell just stands there and does not engage, and, and does not meet Joakim for the jump body slam celebration. And Joakim just looks at him with 
utter disgust. Like, come on. I can't believe you. Come on, Tony. Come on. I needed you to meet me halfway on this, and you did not. I I always think of that first when it comes to Tony Snell because y'all know I'm a Joakim guy. I, I have no ill will towards Tony Snell. Um, he has been effective at times and indifferent at times for for the Atlanta Hawks, the latest team on his on his uh, you know Eastern Conference journey. Uh, at some point, he will have played for every Eastern Conference team. I'm pretty sure of it. But the other one in Atlanta, as we know, Chris Dunn. Hey, by the way, Chris Dunn, due to Trey Young's absence in Game Four, actually got into the game last night. Did you see? Did you see? So if some of you guys watched me, Big Dave, and John do Bulls Outcast on Hot Mike for this past Bulls season, towards the end, we were keeping an eye on Chris Dunn's stat lines, and we're playing a little game called Did You See What Chris Dunn Don't Tonight? Um, in, in honor of our pal Kendall Gill's uh, famous tagline of Did You See What D. Rose Did Tonight? So Chris Dunn played 11 minutes off the bench for Atlanta last night in their blowout way over Milwaukee. 0 of 2 from the field, missed his only three-point shot, zero points. How about that? But he did have one rebound, two assists, one steal, one block, two turnovers, and one foul. It's the Chris Dunn binary stat line, as John Savine coined it. He even played 11 minutes, and his field goal attempts and makes, three-point attempts and makes, also all ones and zero. Oh, no. Okay, there's a a two- Oh, I got excited. I got carried away. There are a couple twos in there. Binary is only zeros and ones. I'm not a scientist, but it's darn close to binary. I what? Chris Dunn's not our problem anymore. I don't care. I but w- would I be happy to see him win a ring? Not particularly. I wouldn't be mad, but I mean, let's just say this: if he wins a ring, I don't think it will be because of his contributions to that team. That's just, hey, you're on the roster. Chris Dunn, as you recall, didn't play for the Hawks until like the last two weeks of the season because he was hurt for all of this past season. Not surprisingly. So, yeah, if I'm picking one of the East teams to make it to the finals and potentially win it, I'm I'm picking Milwaukee because I love, I love me some Bobby Portis and I'm indifferent at best when it comes to Tony Snell and Chris Dunn. Out West, Rondo, out of solidarity with my guy, John Sabine, who hates Rondo from his very brief Mavs tenure, I will say that I I have no interest in seeing Rondo win a chip this season. Look, Rondo was a key to Boston winning a title in 2008, back when he was still a youngin. That team was led by an amazing trio of Paul Pierce, KG, and Ray Allen. Uh, got a title with the Lakers last year, switched L.A. teams. He's not been a big factor uh, for the Clippers, uh, especially recently. So he played in the first few games of this uh, Western Conference Finals. I think he played like 22 minutes and then 17 minutes and then eight minutes or something like that in games one, two, and three. Didn't play at all in games four or five. Um, we'll see. if uh, you know We got game six tonight. We'll see if Rondo gets out there. But he has not been a huge factor for the Clippers. And... The three alphas thing, look, when it was Butler and Wade calling the youngsters out and Rondo standing up for his young teammates, gee, do you think you know which side I took in that? Because I did take Rondo's side because I thought that Butler and Wade were being a-holes, 
about all of it. Um, you know, a prima donna star teaching a younger rising star how to also be a prima donna who's privileged and, you know, cutting corners and, and doing all, all kinds of that bull crap. That being said, I still have no deep love for Rondo in my, in my Bulls fandom heart, so I don't care about that. And I know that Big Dave and I joked the other day about campaign NBA champion and what a weird, weird phrase that would be, especially considering the campaign, unlike really Tony Snell, certainly unlike um, Chris Dunn, is contributing. Certainly with Chris Paul's absence and even with Chris Paul back in the lineup with his reserve role, campaign, total makeover. Much different player than the guy who could not play when he was with the Bulls. It's, I, I don't I don't want campaign to win a title just because I don't. But can't forget about my guy, Etwan Moore. I love Etwan Moore. I was sad to see him go. He earned himself a solid uh, you know, contract at the tail end of his Bulls tenure because he played so well as a reserve guy and a glue guy for that Bulls team. I'll always remember his uh, his buzzer beater um, in a big, I think it was a TNT game. I think it was TNT Bulls against OKC when the Thunder were still the Thunder. Um, and it was an inbound pass where he inbounded to Powell. Remember Powell? And Powell sent it right back to Moore. And then Moore just catch a shoot, three at the buzzer. Uh, awesome finish to, to a very entertaining game. Uh, that was just one of many quality moments for Etwan Moore in a Bulls jersey. So I guess that would kind of balance out my feeling ugh, eye-rolly about campaign and be a champion is the fact that I, I I do really like Etwan more. I loved his tenure here with the Bulls, uh, and I would certainly be happy for him. So when it all gets boiled down, who do I want to see win a chip of the four of of the four teams who have former Bulls on them? Give me, give me Bobby and the Bucks, man. Give me Bobby and the Bucks. That's who I'm going to roll with. Um, hopefully, his teammate Giannis is back out there for game five and six and seven if necessary. Uh, because obviously, no Giannis makes that path for Bobby and his teammates in Milwaukee a heck of a lot harder. Um, as, as we saw last night, apparently the Hawks don't need Trey Young to beat Milwaukee. You know, th that game was not out of control when Giannis left. But the Hawks still had, a, I believe, a double-digit lead, like a 10-point lead when Giannis went down. So we'll see what happens there. But that's a great question from Daniel and Israel. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for checking in. Um, and we will get to uh, one more after this break. Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited-time flavor? When you talk... Uh, if you don't know these Bilt Bar flavors, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all these flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And then once you figure out what your best flavor is, your favorite flavor is, you can just get a whole box of that flavor, like I do with peanut butter brownie and salted caramel. Not only are these Bilt Bars the best tasting flavors out there, but they're healthy for you too. Most of the Bilt Bar flavors have 17 whole grams of protein, but only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. And right now, our Locked On Bulls listeners, if they go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, will get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15, for 15% off at BiltBar.com. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and even UFC and MMA fights. Before the next next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and cons- and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Maybe you want to put a bet down on Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals tonight. Do you think that the Clippers have what it takes to force Game 7? Or are you riding with Phoenix to close it out? Either way, go make yourself a account at Bet Online using your mobile device. To sign up today, receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So go to Bet Online, create your account, put in 50 bucks. They'll give you 25 extra bucks to play with if you want to put some money on that game tonight. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And again, that's promo code locked on at sign up. Promo code locked on. All right, y'all. Uh, another interesting thing that we got in our mailbox that I wanted to talk about just for a second uh, comes to us from the 808. Hey, guys, how do you feel about? Sign and trade Lowry Markkinen and Daniel Tice to Charlotte to get back Gordon Hayward. There are rumblings that the Hornets want Tice and Markkinen uh, might benefit greatly for uh, uh, might be- that Tice and Markkinen might benefit greatly from Lamelo Ball at point guard. He's also better than PJ Washington at power forward. Hayward is a creative way of solving the point guard solution. While he isn't a point guard, he can function as a primary ball handler, scorer, and defender. A starting five of Kobe, Levine, Hayward, Pat, and Vooch is pretty exciting to have on the court. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks for the question. You're not going to like my answer. I hate this idea. Look, uh, a few years ago, several years ago, I would have maybe been intrigued by this idea but the last few years of gordon hayward's career man it's just red flag after red flag after red flag the injuries the guy can't seem to stay healthy can't seem to stay on the court and hasn't that been one of the bulls biggest problems over the last several seasons is guys that can stay healthy um I, I mean, like when, when you read it on paper, a starting five of Kobe, Zach Levine, Gordon Hayward, Pat Will, and Vooch, like that, that actually sounds pretty nice. And you're not wrong about the fact that, you know, he can be a primary ball handler um, and scorer, but I don't think he solves the point guard issue. I, I think that that's just kind of like putting a square peg in a round hole. And then you still are dealing with the fact that Kobe and Zach, in my opinion, is not the starting backcourt that you need. Uh, no offense to Kobe White, but we've talked about this at length. I think he is best uh, served in a reserve role moving forward. Not to say he can't make some spot starts here and there, because he has certainly proven that he can be a starter, but I'm just talking about the fit with Zach. We need a big point guard with uh, positional size who can defend and who is more of a playmaker than Kobe White. That is what I think the Bulls need. And that's not what Gordon Hayward is. Gordon Hayward's a wing. And look, the Bulls do need some solutions at that wing spot. What are we going to get from Troy Brown Jr. this season? Hopefully he can stay healthy. We'll see. We'll probably still also see some significant minutes at the three for the young Patrick Williams. But beyond that, what do you do? Otto's gone. 
Hutch is gone. Not that he was ever really useful, but when he was here, but there aren't that many great solutions. But look, I, I like the fact that you're trying to come up with ideas for ways to not lose Lowry and or Tice for nothing, because that's what the Bulls are are worriedly facing right now. Lowry signing an, an offer as a restricted free agent that the Bulls don't match. And the same for Daniel Tice, uh, who looks to be, you know, a very wanted piece on the free agent market this summer because teams around the league know just everything that Tice can bring to your squad. So I I see the logic of, okay, well, if we got to let both of these guys go or either of these guys go, what can we get for them? I don't know that Charlotte loves that idea. I mean, maybe they like the idea of pairing Lowry with LaMelo because, hey, there's a point guard that can actually get Lowry the ball on the spots of the floor where he wants the ball, whether it be finding him for open threes or or getting Lowry good looks at the basket when Lowry cuts off the ball because Lowry's always been a guy dangerous moving off the ball and cutting towards the basket off the ball. The Bulls have just never been able to have a point guard who can find him in those moments. Uh, and that's one of the reasons, I think, in my opinion, that Lowry struggled the way he has in Chicago. So, yeah, m- maybe LaMelo makes Lowry the the bona fide stud starter that we thought he could be with that right complimentary piece setting him up. So maybe they maybe they are interested in Lowry. But from the Bulls perspective, I just I I am staying away from Gordon Hayward. I'm staying away. Um I appreciate you checking in. Appreciate all of the hypotheticals that you guys are throwing at us right now. Free agency, sign and trades. Uh keep them coming and we'll get to as many of them as we can. But I yeah, that's my final word. I'm staying away from Gordon Hayward. It's just too much too much of a red flag with that guy recently. Um, speaking of people I'm staying away from, wanted to wrap up the show with this. We we got some report uh, yesterday evening, I think while the Hawks-Bucks game was going on, that Dennis Schroeder has communicated to people, I think that was the phrase that was used, that he will be looking for somewhere between $100 and $120 million on his contract when he hits the market this summer. A yowza. <laughs> so we heard that he turned down that extension offer from the Lakers a year ago. And that I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, four years, 84 is what Dennis Schroeder turned down. That's a pretty big number to turn down if you're Dennis Schroeder. Not to say that he couldn't eventually be a player who's worth that kind of money, but is he worth that kind of money right now? No, far from it. The guy's had an interesting career, you know, bounced around OKC, Atlanta, finds his way to L.A. Um, He did not play very well this season. Um, Regular season, he shot less than 44% from the field. Um, He he had uh, an offensive box plus minus of negative 1.1. How do you do that when you start 61 games for the Lakers? You know, the LeBron James and Anthony Davis Lakers. And look, I know that LeBron and AD both missed time, but you're the starting point guard for that team and you have a negative offensive box plus minus? What? How? How? Yeah, negative 1.1. Certainly not even managing 44% from the field uh, could contribute to that. And then... The reason that I think everybody is laughing at this 
that this Schroeder saying, hey, I would like one to $120 million this summer, please, is that the most recent memory we have of him is his performance in the Lakers' one-and-done playoff appearance this year. Uh, you know, in six games, they lose to the to the Suns in, in six. In that series, Schroeder averaged in 33 minutes a game. He averaged 14 points, three rebounds, and 2.8 assists. I think there was one game in that Lakers-Sun uh, series that he set some kind of record for uh, most field goal attempts in a playoff game without scoring a point. And he and he was like 0 of 11 or 0 of 12 from the field, didn't have any free throws and registered goose egg in his points uh, for the night. Like that was just one of many examples of Dennis Schroeder in a playoff series, not looking like a dude who's worth $100 million. His name, and the reason I'm talking about this is because his name has been connected as one of a handful of options as the Bulls, New front office are going to be looking to address the point guard position this offseason. There are a lot of avenues they can go down. They might try to get back into this upcoming 2021 draft. Dave and I talked about that uh, with Io Desumu, the, the U of I kid, a little bit the other day, um, or, or any other you know backcourt uh, guys uh, in this upcoming draft class. Free agency, signing trades, regular trades. Schroeder's name just keeps coming up. And we know who the other ones are. You know, Lonzo Ball, Spencer Dinwiddie. We'll talk about him uh, on our next show. We, you know, there are, there are options and there are tiers to the to those options. But I'm sorry. I just, I find it laughable that some team out there might pay Dennis Schroeder $100 million. Or, or goodness gracious, even beyond that. It's, it's not like he he is the first person to do this the first person about to hit the market to say, hey, just so you all know, this is kind of the money I'm looking for. And certainly not the first person to put that number out there and have everybody laugh in their face because that's what happened. Everybody on NBA Twitter last night saw this. You know, Dennis Schroeder has communicated that he would like 100 to 120 million and everybody laughed. Like the Adam Sandler album. They're all going to laugh at you. That is Dennis Schroeder right now. So look, I, you know, Nothing against Dennis Schroeder. I, I don't hold anything against him. I also have no interest in the Bulls signing that dude if that's the kind of money he's looking for. And I trust that AK and Eversley have enough sense to hear that and say, even if that's his asking price and that there's some haggling room in there, what we'd be willing to pay this dude and the gap that exists and the haggling that we would have to do to come to a, to an you know some middle ground way too far apart that that's how i see it anyway i see that as way way too far apart so if any of you out there disagree i would love to hear why you think Dennis Ruder is worth that kind of money or even close to it um is Dennis Ruder somewhere near the top of your list of point guards that you would like the bulls to engage in talks with and pursue this offseason. Because to me, he is nowhere near the top of my list. But if, if you feel differently, hit us up and let us know. 331-979-1369. That's going to do it for now. Uh, in just a little while, Dave's going to hop back on the mics with me. We're going to get to some more mailbag content, including several voicemails that you guys have left for us in the past week or so. Can't wait for that. 
Um, and in the meantime, anything else on your mind, hit us up. 331-979-1369. Enjoy Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals tonight. Hopefully, we get Eclipse W so we can get a Conference Finals Game 7. God, I would love that so much. There's nothing better than Game 7. Best two words in sports, baby. Game 7. So, uh, for my partner, Big Dave Watson, who will be back with me on our next episode, Matt Peck saying thanks, as always, for listening. Bulls Nation, thanks to our sponsors for the day, Green Room, Bet Online, and Built Bar. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. See Red, be good. Thanks a lot. Okay.